All right, guys, about that time, Chris Brooks here with you on another edition of the Rebels 247 podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network and inside the Rebels. Hope y'all are having a good morning. Hope you're having a good morning. So far, so good for me. Had a full day yesterday, but trying to get an early start on it today. I actually got myself into a little fender bender yesterday that took away a, a good part of my day. It is not good to hit someone, a truck that has a hitch sticking out the back, you know, about a half a foot. Not a good idea to hit that. That's that's not going to work out well for you. The, the Murano didn't come out of that deal on the good end. And when you do, whenever you have something small like that, like a, not really a wreck, but a little fender bender, like I said, does it have to hit the exact wrong part of the vehicle? you know, just perfectly. Does it really have to do that? I mean, just hit it just perfectly to do the most damage. Didn't even think I had really much of a problem until I got home yesterday. And you start looking underneath everything. So I'm still dealing with that a little bit today. Other than that, though, it's been okay. Been okay. Uh, you can celebrate National uh, Bald is Beautiful Day. That's a big one. I'm celebrating it as we speak. It's also peanut day for whatever that's worth to you. There's some other ones on here, though. We're not getting into any of it. A bunch of you guys are bald, though. Let me tell you, let me tell you something about the bald thing. And then we're going to get to some Ole Miss sports here. I know when you're younger, you think that's a bad thing, losing the hair. I think that's one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Like, I'm in the shower, out of the shower. I just dry that thing off. Bam, i like ready to go. If you're in the back of a truck or a convertible or whatever, there's wind everywhere, you're at the beach, you're not worried about your hair. Not worried about it anymore. Don't have to try to fix it. You know, is it covering up the spots that are getting thinner? Don't have to worry about any of that. I probably should have done this like when I was younger. Should have done it. High school even. Just done it. Just wipe it out. Be done with it. But it is bald. It's beautiful day today. And at some point, I'm 46 now, happily married. You know, thank, thank the good Lord. I mean, do I really need the hair anymore? I, I think I'm okay. Now, what do we do today for for um, for the Rebels? There's a couple of things here. Just a couple of real quick recruiting notes, and then we'll get into some some real football. So we'll split this about half and half. You know, I look. I didn't know the game was on ABC until I just checked it out. I, for some reason, that has eluded me. So forget the opponent. Saturday, middle of the day, ABC game. Look, you're talking big time exposure here. So hopefully the Rebels get out there and they look good, have a good day, play well, and then everybody is still excited when the game's over. Uh, but uh, just a couple of, of recruiting notes here real quick. Uh, Ole Miss offers Picayune uh, defensive end linebacker yesterday, uh, Jamonta Wall, um, Waller. And uh, had a chance to talk to him earlier yesterday. I know David already had a, got a story up on it. But I had a chance to talk to him. And, you know, yeah, he was surprised to get that. He is He's a defensive end now. And like a speed guy, rush guy. Um, really good athlete, as you can tell from his pictures here that we posted yesterday. Here, I'm going to pull up something real quick on him. But from talking to him yesterday, he was not necessarily expecting that offer. 
uh, but was happy that it came through here. I'm going to go back through here real quick and I can give you just a little bit of what he and I discussed. I know early this year, he had 22 tackles against JDC. That's Jefferson Davis County. So on a high school level, very productive guy and, um, and a good player. I was not really shocked that he got the offer. Uh, he was very surprised that it came, but uh, I do a lot of team of the week stuff, top performers, you know, high school stuff, not necessarily recruiting stuff, but find out who's doing what across the state and, and trying to get as many of those names out there as I can on social media. And he's one that's been out there. Like I said, two weeks ago, 22 tackles in a game against Jefferson Davis County, you know, had a really good game against Gulfport last week. He didn't know his 40 time, but we know he's fast. And that's really all you need to know. Like the kid can run. And then as far as what they'll do with him on the next level, you know, I would assume that they're going to leave him there. I mean, that's what he thinks. You know, he's being recruited as, as a defensive end, as a, as a rush edge kind of a guy. And I would anticipate that that's where he sticks at the next level. Uh, but I was happy for him. One of those kids that was very excited to get the offer. It's one of his, if not, might have been the first Power 5 offer he's had. I don't think I asked him that question. Uh, but an early one, so there's there's always excitement about that. You work for those offers. And when a big one comes through for you, you know, it's kind of fun to be part of that. So I was very happy for him. And, of course, that's Picayune. So they have a couple of other SEC prospects there. Uh, and Dante Dowdell, a senior, and uh, committed to Oregon right now. You guys all know that. And then another junior, just like Waller, uh, Chris Davis, the junior running back that that has a, a bunch of Power 5 offers. So keep an eye on that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else important that he shared with me, but I don't, I don't think there was anything earth-shattering. You know, I'll put some of that on the board here in a little bit just so you have it. Ole Miss picks up a baseball commitment yesterday. Gunner Dennis, I'll tell you real quick a little bit about him. You know, that's my backyard here, so I know that family and know him just from competing against them. Two years ago was his senior year, and then COVID happened, so th that whole class of kids kind of got forgotten. But from a number standpoint you know, on the bump, the kid was lights out. Not a big hard thrower at the time, you know, maybe mid to upper 80s, but his numbers were pretty crazy. Um, just a, a dog, you know, a kid that can really pitch. And then he heads to Meridian, and he's like these other guys that are fighting for Division One offers. Found a little elbow issue, and uh, they got that cleaned up, something just he'd been actually dealing with since he was very young. And uh, cleaned it up, got his UCL back to 100%, rehabbed it, and he's a hard-working kid. Was also the quarterback there at Pearl. So just a, just a tough guy. Bigger guy. I'm, I think Gunner's probably in the ballpark of 6'3", maybe 210-ish, 215, something along those lines. He's a big kid. Can really swing it to a big first baseman. But he'll pitch at Ole Miss. But he goes through the rehab process, and he finds some more velo. So he told me that he's gotten up to as high as 93, but he's going to pitch in the low 90s, you know, 90, 91, you know, 92. But he already had great stuff before the velo jump. And you know, now he's got that. He pitched at Meridian last year. Not a ton of innings, 22, but he was very effective. And that was a, a really good baseball team with a, a lot of arms on it. He'll throw a lot this year. And then as far as what his role will be at Ole Miss, I mean, who knows? You never know until those kids get, get there and get to campus. 
but I was very happy for him just knowing a little bit of his story and his family. And like I said, when you follow those guys and you see how hard they struggle to get those offers. And then when they finally come through for him, and this is a guy that he, he grew up and was really wanting to play at Ole Miss, um, had other offers too. So this is somebody that's not just kind of out of thin air gets an offer. You know, I think state was re recruiting him hard and a couple of others. And then, um, you know, he gets the Ole Miss offer. So happy for him. And you guys, you'll like him when he gets there. Um, that, that I was happy to see that last night. Uh, see if there's any other recruiting news. The Walker White thing, quarterback out of Arkansas. You saw, saw that Steve Wiltfong crystal balled him to Ole Miss. I honestly, I don't know a whole lot about that kid. What I do know about him is just what I see on video, what I see on tape, and then what people around the program say about him. You know, I don't have firsthand with him like a lot of these Mississippi guys. But I know people are excited about him. You know, I hear things like, um, like, hey, what a quarterback should look like in terms of just physical tools, his ability to be athletic, to throw it. And as far as fit into what Lane Kiffin does, like that kid checks all of those boxes. So there's a lot of excitement around there about him. And then Steve Wiltfong comes in and crystal balls him to Ole Miss. And you guys that have been with 247 a long time, you know when Steve comes in there, and he throws one of those on a player. He has a very good reason to do it. And he has a very high percentage of being correct. So if Ole Miss is able to pull that off with, uh, with Walker and reel him in, that's a big deal. You know, he's not a five-star guy, but after those five-star guys, you start bunching all these QBs together. I mean, he's one of them. Right now, in terms of rankings, he's just outside the top 10. I, I'm looking at it now on the on the composite. He's number 12 in the country nationally, 174. So you're talking about a major prospect here. And he's the number one player from the state of Arkansas for 24. So if Ole Miss is able to go into Arkansas, grab him, has an Arkansas offer. If they're able to grab him and drag him to Mississippi, that would be a huge deal. But it looks good there right now, and we'll see what happens. But, um, but yeah, that's, that was big news when Steve dropped that crystal ball on him. Okay, that's, that's going to be it for the recruiting stuff. Just real quick, a couple of other things. I mentioned ABC is a big deal Saturday. I, I saw something yesterday. I can't even remember where I saw this. I, I can't remember where I saw it. With Luke Altmaier and the injury, not expecting that to be serious, which that's a good thing but he's obviously dealing with something. I would expect Jackson Dart to be the guy Saturday, even though they haven't named anybody. But I, that's kind of what I expect to happen here against Georgia Tech. And hopefully he goes out there and he just he lights it up, has a big day on national TV. The program looks good. I mean, I'm looking at some of the rankings right now. The top 25s are just absolutely loaded with SEC teams. You know, and the highest one for the Rebels is the coaches poll, where they have Ole Miss number 17 right now. But then you go through this thing with SEC teams. They have Georgia one, which coaches tend to rank out of respect, right? As opposed to media guys, they're more willing to change week to week depending on how a team looks. Coaches tend to take the approach of, hey, they haven't lost yet, so they deserve to still be there. 
I meet a lot of coaches like that. So I'm not shocked that they're still number one. I'd have Georgia one, Alabama two. But then after that, you're still looking at uh, just a clump of SEC teams. Kentucky's 10, Arkansas's 11, Tennessee 16, Ole Miss 17, Florida 21. I mean, so they're 10 to 20. You have all this SEC action. And it's hard to differentiate those teams one to another. And look, then if you look at this thing, which I still don't know how to use it, the ESPN Football Power Index. And I've read this thing several times, and there's there's moments when I feel like I have an idea of what this thing is doing. Right now, not one of those moments. But Ole Miss is 16 on this thing. But check this out on the Football Power Index. Alabama's number one. Georgia three, Tennessee is seven, Mississippi State is nine, LSU is 12, Ole Miss is 16, making them the sixth SEC team in this, but they check in at 16, Arkansas is is number 21. Um, I don't know exactly what that means. I know Ole Miss is in a good position, and then they have State really high. What does that, I don't know what that means. I know it projects your win total for the year and they base it on what you're doing and also against the schedule and what that looks like and just pure analytics. Uh, But state in that one, they're not a top 25 team in the polls, but they're number nine in that one. And we'll see, uh, not sure what that means today, but we'll see going forward what that means. Uh, The other ones I did want to mention just real quick, your playoff teams are already the same as last year. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Oklahoma. There's your top six. Not a shock, though, that number seven in the media poll is USC. With the NIL thing being what it is, with Lincoln Riley going out there, and with that being Los Angeles and Southern California, I would expect and anticipate that they're going to rack up. So right now, already out of the gate, they're a playoff contender. Can they get in there? Don't know. I'm not a huge fan of Utah, even though everybody else seems to love Utah, love the roster, and they're absolutely cream of the crop in that conference. Can USC knock them off? I don't know. We'll see. But it's it's the same old, same old in terms of playoff teams. Can Kentucky finally get up there with Mark Stoops? Are they ready to jump up there and actually contend? You know, Arkansas, you could say the same thing with Sam Pittman. You could say the same with Lane this year and the Rebels, except, you know, they got to the Sugar Bowl last year. But can they do it where they really challenge in the West? The only problem is Nick Saban. You ever thought about what this would be like if we didn't have Saban? Like, for real, just one minute here. How much more fun would that be for you? I'm having this talk with some buddies yesterday, and this is why I'm a big fan of expanding the playoffs. Because, uh, and look, and I, you can disagree with this, and I, I 100% get it. This is wrong of me to say. But there's a part of me that has zero expectation of getting past Bama while Saban's there. And I don't think that's a minority opinion. I think that's the majority. While he sits there, it's almost like no matter what anybody else does, there's no shot to get there. And it's been like that now for what, roughly, what, 15 years? Has it been that long? Maybe more. But could you imagine if he wasn't there, 
and all of these teams I rattled off that are kind of lumped together middle of the SEC uh, and in the West in particular with Ole Miss, with Arkansas, with Mississippi State, with A&M, you're rolling into a year where there is a legitimate hope that you could be the team in the SEC West. It used to be that way back in the day. Now, Ole Miss hasn't had it, hasn't been to Atlanta, but it used to be this way that at least other teams had a chance. Since Saban's been there, it doesn't feel like anybody's had hardly any chance. You know, Auburn hopped in there once, or I think it's once, maybe LSU a couple of times, but that's it. But if that wasn't the case, you know, when Nick Saban retires at the age of 94, you know, this is going to be so much fun. 20 plus more years to go. Like he really, he really does look like he could coach into his 80s. Hopefully that's not the case. But either way, even if he's there or not, I know this Ole Miss team, top to bottom, is, is a good one. And uh, Saturday should be fun. Hopefully it is. All right, guys, always appreciate y'all listening. This is Chris Brooks with the Rebels 247 Daily Podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network and Inside the Rebels. Y'all have a great day. Bald is beautiful day. Don't forget that. If you're nearing that part of life, it's okay to just shave it. It's okay. Just do it. Talk to you guys tomorrow.